So I'm starting a, a new series uh, for the next several weeks in the book of Proverbs. So if you do have your Bibles with you, I'd encourage you to turn to the book of Proverbs and follow along with us. We're not going to go verse by verse through the whole book of Proverbs. That would take a long time. This is just a, this is going to be a shorter series where we kind of look at some highlights and some themes in the book. Um, I remember when I was in college for a while. I don't. I haven't continued this habit, but it'd be, it would be a good habit to return to. But when I was younger, I used to try to read a proverb every day. And how many of you have done that in your life before? You've read maybe a psalm or a proverb every day. It's a beneficial practice. The book of Proverbs is known as a book of what's the word? Anybody? It's a book of. You know it. I hear a couple of you. Go ahead and say it. It's a book of what? Yeah, it's a book of wisdom. It is a it is a book of wisdom. And so really what I put, you know, the title of the series is Choices. We make a series of choices each and every day. Some are small choices, some are big choices, but life, is a, life consists of a series of choices that we have to make on a regular basis. And what we want is we want the Word of God, we want the wisdom of God in making those choices. So let me give you some key verses, and then we'll look at a few more, and... I'll try to keep this uh, not too long tonight. I know it's a little bit warmer in here uh, than we would like it to be, so I'll keep that in mind. And I'd encourage you participate. It'll keep you from that that warm weather, you know, head nod thing that happens. I know you, none of you would do that on purpose, but we'll we'll try to get some good engagement tonight. So let's look at verse seven and uh, through verse number nine. That's how we're going to begin seven through nine. Ready? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament, an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. I want you to notice that in verse number nine because that's a theme for the first discussion. And that is this. Verse number nine, for they shall be an ornament of, of, what's the word? An ornament of grace. An ornament of grace to thy head and chains about thy neck. Now, now what's interesting here is a lot of people would think of the book of Proverbs just as kind of like a rule manual. Okay, Do this, do this, do this, do this. But, but when I see this idea here that these words of wisdom, these words of truth are given to us, they are a means of God's grace. In other words, as we receive the Word of God, as we look at the Word of God, it's not, about, it's not primarily about us making a better life for ourselves. It's about us stepping in line with God's program and getting us in the position where God's grace can best flow through us. That it can flow through us. Now, let's, uh, so really, the, the idea here is we want to live a grace-filled life. And the Word of God, the principles of God, are that means of us having that grace. So now, if you want to turn to the inside, let's talk for a few minutes about the purpose of the book of Proverbs. If you're going to take notes and follow along, let's see here the purpose of the book of Proverbs. Well, first of all, we've, we've kind of already established it. First of all, it's to provide wisdom, number one, to give us wisdom that will then result in the experience of God's grace in our lives. Right? God's wisdom, God's grace. How would you define wisdom? Somebody in here, give us a working definition tonight. Give us a working definition of wisdom. 
How many of you would say that wisdom is different than knowledge? So there's a distinction there, right? It's different than just having information. So somebody give me a, what, could you give me a working definition of wisdom? And we'll get a couple, couple. So, all right, now I've got some hands. Yes, sir. Well, that is, that is a great illustration for us tonight. Did you catch that? He said that knowledge is understanding that there's an electrical outlet, outlet and what it does. Wisdom is the decision-making whereby we do not put our finger in that outlet. That's, that's pretty good. Hannah, what were you going to say? Another one like that. It was knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are fruit, but never putting them in the food That's <laughs> My kids have that discussion. You know... Do you remember when you were, maybe maybe it was, you, that wasn't you, when you were a kid and you found out that certain vegetables are actually fruits? How many of you remember that bit of revelation that you received? You're like, oh. And then you go and impress all your friends and you're like, did you know that a tomato is really a fruit? So that's knowledge. So Hannah says wisdom. So knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing enough to not put it in a fruit salad. Okay, I'll go with that. We're going, yes, sir. Okay, I like that one. Okay, so we just graduated, I think, to like junior level or senior level now with that one. So the ability to, sorry to offend you guys. So anyway, so to um, the ability to critically think with the knowledge that you have. I like that. I like that. Somebody else? Now, oh yes. The application of knowledge. Now, so here we go. Is there, a, is there a level of wisdom that is just available to all humanity? That's just a worldly wisdom. Yes, this is not a setup or trick question. There is. There is a worldly wisdom. And actually, a lot of what you, just, you all just said would apply to just the simple facts of life, the laws of nature. And, the, and you know, the book of Proverbs is filled with that, right? Like, like, you know, invest your money wisely and you'll do well. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian, if you believe in God or not. If you follow these principles, your life is going to be better. But remember, the point of the book of Proverbs is not just to give us life skills. It's to have a, in the process of those life skills, that they be grace-fueled, grace-empowered life skills that bring us into closer relationship with God. That's an important distinction. So... Somebody now help us with this definition of knowledge. Let's take that now to the next level and say, okay, so we've got this wisdom, this ability to think critically, but now bring the spiritual perspective in. How, so what is, what is the difference then between a, a true spiritual wisdom and then just kind of generic wisdom? Deborah. Okay, so the so you're having to discern between you know two or three or four good decisions, but you need God to God's wisdom to make the best decision. Sure, somebody else. Well, I I I got a a great um, a, a great perspective on wisdom someone gave me a long time ago, and and I, I'd encourage you to write down all the things that you've heard. But how about this one? That is viewing life or making decisions in life from God's perspective. Viewing life from God's perspective. For instance, 
with human wisdom, human wisdom only is helpful in the temporal life in which we live, right? So let's take financial, for instance. Your financial wisdom that's just built into this world, financial wisdom says, hey, save wisely so that when you retire or at the end of your life, you have something to draw from, right? That's a wisdom principle. But now Jesus gave us some additional wisdom. And he said, oh, but lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. So now I'm going to make a little bit different, not totally opposite, but I'm going to make a little bit more nuanced financial decision based on living from God's perspective, that there's a greater purpose for my life. See, you see that that's just one example of that. So whether it's in relationships or in finances or in career, in raising children, it's not just about what works, but it's about God how are you going to empower me by your grace to do all of this for your honor and for your glory? Is that a helpful perspective? Any thoughts on that before we move on? All right, you're like, let's move on. So let's move on. So if wisdom is making those decisions under God's direction, grace is the experience of receiving and living that wisdom. Okay, introduction of the main characters. Let's do the main characters in the book of Proverbs. You got a lot of blanks here. Are you ready? No? You are ready. All right, awesome, awesome. Lane's ready. Me and you will do it. So you've got to fill in all these blanks. If you've read the book of Proverbs, you will know, you will know, I miss it when Lane goes back to Kentucky. He's like my number one participant out there. You know, like, I just, I, we got to get him back here full time. Anyhow, another subject for another time. If you've read the book of Proverbs, you start telling me who are some of the characters in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to take the easy one first. The wise person. The wise. So write it down. First character there, if you're filling in the blank, would be the one who's wise. Wise. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some more characters. Do you know who else is in the book of Proverbs, if you've read it? The fool. Yes, absolutely. That's the second one that I have written down, actually. So you've got the wise, and in great contrast, you have the fool. Who else is in the book of Proverbs? The sun. Did you say the sun? The sun is in the book of Proverbs. Boy, if we pick up on that, you should be able to get two more pretty easily now. The sun, and then we've got the, the father and the mother. The father and the mother in the book of Proverbs. Deborah, did you say one? The scorner. Ooh, the scorner. Who, what is the scorner? That's the mocking person. It's like you, you've got all these profiles, the fool, the foolish person, You've got the scornful person, you've got the son, you've got the foolish son, the wise son, you got, and then you've got like multiple configurations of all these people, but that's really good. Any others? There's a couple more in, uh, in the book of Proverbs, some interesting characters. The simple, the simple, who's kind of like the fool, but a little more innocent than the fool, I think. The simple is a, a little more innocent than the fool, but, you know, not a good you don't want to be. You want to be the wise one. Who else is in the book of Proverbs? There's some spicy characters in the book of Proverbs, too. You know, like, anybody? The strange woman is in the book of Proverbs. Okay, yeah. It's, we, in the book of Proverbs, it gets into, like, some, you know, PG-13 material in the book. So we'll see what happens there. So she's in here. Who else? 
Who else is in the book of Proverbs? The virtuous woman. The virtuous woman. Absolutely. The king. There's a king in the book of Proverbs. There's lots of interesting characters representing all kinds of... Who else is in the book of Proverbs? The oppressor. You're right, actually. The oppressor. You have a cheat sheet there? Or... All right. <laughs> He's like scrolling through Proverbs looking for... The oppressor. That's really good. The just man is in the book of Proverbs. Who, who else might be in the book of Proverbs? Huh? The Oh, you're right. The sluggard. The sluggard is in the book of Proverbs. Man, I didn't, I didn't even think of some, a bunch of these. Who else is in the book of Proverbs? Huh? Oh, there's some animals. Yeah, like the ant. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. There's good ones. Anything else? I, I, I can't think of any more, but there's got to be one or two more. No? Oh, there is one more. The froward. The froward. That's basically the, um, the loud and obnoxious, the person who's sinful and they're like really obnoxious about it. So that's, that's one there. Anything else? All right, so we've got these characters established. Obviously, the point is to not be like the negative characters and have the principles of wisdom in our lives. So let's take a few principles now. Let's take a few foundational principles with the remainder of our time. So number one, um, let's, let's just read a little bit more text here. So back it up with me to Proverbs 1 and verse numero 1. You ready? Here we go. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Did you catch that now? To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. So really, from wisdom, you're going to live a just life, you're going to make sound judgments, and you're going to be a fair and reasonable person. That's the idea of equity. Now, what I want to show you now is point number one on, your, on the inside right hand of your notes. If you're going to follow along with me, number one, this grace-filled wisdom life, this living, is not natural. It's not natural. In other words, it doesn't come automatically. Nobody is born and it's like, oh, there they are. They're full of wisdom. It's, it's not the natural setting that we have. So, in fact, look, verses 4 through 6 explain this. Look at this. Verse 4. The reason this book was written is, verse number 4, is to give subtlety to the what? So there's a character. If you like to underline, or if you don't like to underline in your Bible, you can always underline it in your notes. Subtlety to the simple, right? To the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. It's not natural. So if you look at verse number four, help me out here, look at verse number four, what, would you, what is our default setting? Our default setting is simplicity. Simplicity. Simplicity is our default setting. You see that in verse 4? To give subtlety to the simple. Now, 
What's the difference between the simple one and the fool? We talked about those two before. What would you say is the difference between the simple and the foolish? The simple and the foolish. Anybody, what's the, what's the difference? There's some innocence. In what way? I think that's a really good point. So if you, if you picked up what he said, the simple person, they're going through life without a clue. But the fool has made a decision. The fool has heard, the fool has gained the information, but has chosen to go their own way. That's a difference. How many of you have played the fool at some point in your life? Where you knew the way, but you chose the other. I think another thing here is there's hope for the simple. There's hope for the simple, but there's not much hope for the fool, right? So our default setting is there's this simplicity. Now also under here, what we've seen is that wisdom has to be taught. Wisdom has to be taught. But then also, it doesn't just have to be taught, but it has to be caught. It has to be taught but it has to be caught. Any ideas? What do I mean by that? Okay, yeah, what else? What do we mean by that? Did you say something? Uh, no? I mean, it's one thing for it to be taught, but then it's got to be caught. What's the, what's the point there? It's got to be uh, Right. The, the, the responsibility isn't entirely placed on the teacher, but there has to be a willingness. The person has to be teachable, right? Did you see that in these verses? The ver um, look at verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. What does it take for somebody to, what does it take for somebody to hear and increase in learning? What does it take? Oh, I heard it. Who said it? Hannah, what was that? It takes some humility. It takes humility. It takes an attitude that says, boy, I may not, I may not be making the right decision here. Anything else about somebody who's, somebody that's, it goes on, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Any thoughts on how that plays out in our lives? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, find someone who's already faced what you what you're facing right now. Not just anyone who's faced it, though. You want someone who's faced it and walked with the Lord through it. So let me ask you this question: Do you have first two questions? One is do you have wise counselors in your life? What are you doing up here? Not much wisdom there, tell you what. But there's not. Okay. He did know it was there. Knowledge is knowing where your Bible is. Wisdom is understanding you need it to teach your class. Anyway, so, um, what were we talking about? Before I harass my brother? Wise counselors. So two questions. 
do you have someone or some people? Who You tell me. You help me out tonight. Who have you found? You don't have to tell me names, but maybe you do. Like, who have you found throughout the years that you say, you know what? These are the kind of people I was looking for. Jim already said, somebody who's been through some things. What else? How do you, how do you know when you're looking? How do you know when you've got a wise counselor in your corner? I'll try the group over here. Oh, nobody there. How do you know? I'm sorry. Oh, what's that? They're humble people. Actually, that's a really good point. Because when you need counselors, the right kind of people are not usually there saying, hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you all the mistakes. They're humble people. They don't seek you out. You have to seek them out. So you're looking for humble people. I like that a lot. What else? Yes. Uh, my experience when, when I was teaching, I had, I had some, some students that were eager to learn and, and find the knowledge and so forth and so on. I also ran across some people that could pick up stuff immediately and be able to do stuff, but they couldn't care less. Yeah. So, so how would so uh, speaking of like a counselor, then if you're looking, you need this. It says you'll attain to wise counselors. What are you looking for in a counselor? So we've got this this humility. What else? Okay, someone who has your best interest in mind. They'll tell you what you might not want to hear. Yeah, that means that you got they got to know you. They've got to know you. What else? You eat a wise counsel. Wise counsel. Yeah, exemplify um, character or that character that would uh, follow after that Christ. Yeah. Character that we want to model after. Right. We want to seek counsel They're like they're godly role models. Paul said to the Corinthian church, "Follow me, as I follow Christ." We need those people. I would add to that that you, you need people that know the scriptures, right? Because there are people that will give you they'll give you advice, but you want to know that this person knows the word of God. These are wise counsel. So there's two questions. One, who are these people? Do you have them in your life? Could you right now, and I'm not going to ask you to go around, but right now, if you wouldn't mind, write down some names on your paper. I'm not going to call on anybody for that, but but could you? Could you write some names down right now? You say, you know what? These are people I could pick up the phone. I could send a text message. I Listen, a wise person shall attain unto wise counsel. We're seeking it. We're going after it. Who could you call? Who, are, who would be poor choices of counselors? Now, there's the obvious ones, like, you know, bad people. <laughs> you know, people that... But, but who might be... Who are some often turned to? Let's ask that. What are some often turned to but inadequate sources of counsel? Any thoughts on that? People turn to these people, but they're not the best sources of counsel. Could be parents. That's all right. Actually, it could be family members. That that's a, I didn't think of that one, but that's true. It could be that, that you have close family members who do not love God they, they, or or they have their own emotional issues and they're trying to live their life through you or whatever. They don't always have your best interest. Yeah, so sometimes even close people could be steering you the wrong direction. That's a good point. 
gets us kind of deep, but yeah. What else? Other people that are that are not wise counselors. Public figures, yeah. Like, just, I'm going to tweet tweet for an answer. Or uh, I'll insta-find it, you know? I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the gram to get my counsel. What else? Who, who else are some? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The media. Yeah. I was just thinking friends, you know, like friends that are not friends close Jesus. Right. So sometimes your peers, right? Your peers, whether it's in a in an academic environment or even in a work environment, you know, it's it's going to somebody who's right where you're at. We go there because we feel safe, right? It's like, I, I feel safe turning to someone that's here. But sometimes I need to go beyond that level. So that's good. Any other thoughts on that? I can, I'm ready to move on from it, but I don't want to. That's a good point. Sometimes professional counselors aren't the best place to go. In fact, even sometimes, I'll be careful how I say this, even sometimes, like, a pastor's not always going to give you, depending on the situation, right? Like, a good pastor, like, I had one of the guys in the church, uh, uh, like, a year ago, ask me about vaccines, right? And I said to the, they said, well, this person's pastor said this, and this person's pastor said that. And I said, you know what? When I was in Bible college, they didn't give me any medical training at all. So I usually recommend in those cases that people talk to their doctor. Right? You know what I mean? Like people, you don't want to go to people that won't stay in their lane. You know what I mean? You don't want to go to a know-it-all or, a, or somebody that just has to pontificate on everything that they know. Like if I was out giving medical advice on whether you should take this medicine or that medicine or you should do this or you should do that or tell you about your diet or all of that, I got no business doing that. Right? Other than common sense that everybody else has, that's not, that, that's, However, pastors are a wonderful resource for other types of advice and counsel. So this idea is, is we just got to apply some wisdom here and turn to those. So do you have those counselors? But then the second question under this is, do you turn to them? We live in New England. I've discovered it because I'm a New Englander, right? Like my, on the one side of my family, there have been new people here in the Berkshires since the 1700s. You don't get much more like rooted in New England culture than that. Okay, I got family that farmed up on this very road for for years. All right, so it's like old school Yankee kind of stuff. I know that we in the Northeast are a self-reliant people. Are we not? Like we're very self-reliant. I've got like a friend who pastors in another, another part of the country. He's like, yeah. He's like, I've got people in my church. They're calling me, asking me about this, calling me, asking me about that. I'm like, people hardly ever call me and ask me anything, anything I said. And I think some of that's healthy, right? Some of it's unhealthy. Every area has, in his scenario, he's got people that want him to solve their problems. And it's like, he's like, that's not my role to make this decision or that decision or, or whatever. You see what I mean, that these balance, but I do know that my temptation, and I think it's a cultural thing, is we're self-reliant. We solve our own problems. We get through our own things. We don't want to share or get counsel anywhere. But that is not wisdom. Wisdom is having good counselors in our lives. 
and letting and being vulnerable, but only being vulnerable to the right person, to the right people. And there's wisdom in that too, not just telling, blurring out our issues to everyone. I'm kind of rambling now, right? But you get it. You get what I'm saying. So let's move on. So grace-filled living is not natural. Now, uh, number two, grace-filled living requires a proper view of God. We saw this already in verse 7 uh, through 9. Let's look at 7 through 9 again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So you've got to fear God. That's your first blank there. So grace-filled living requires a proper view of God. Number one, you've got to fear God. And only fools ignore their creator. You see that there? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then we already saw this in verse number nine. The fear of God brings the favor of God. That they shall be an ornament of grace to thy head and chains about thy neck. The chains about thy neck, it's not like a chain of bondage. It's this whole idea is of beautifully decorated and, and um, in jeweled. The fear of God brings the favor of God. So if you're going to have a grace, live grace-filled, you have to have a proper view of God. Do you, do you understand that even some Christians have false views of God? That there's, that there's no fear of God. And now we'll talk more about the fear of God as we go through the book of Proverbs, but it's important that there is an understanding of who God is and his power and his might. Listen, as I was a young person going through high school and college, there were things that I did not do in my life I don't know if it was because I loved Jesus or I was afraid of the consequences God would... I think it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. But the fact is, God said, God, God's word said, um, we'll get real blunt with this one. God's word says that uh, marriage is honorable in all and the bed is undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. And I was just like, well, I believe what God said. That if I, if I live this lifestyle and, and I'm impure with my body, then I'm inviting the judgment of God on my life. Now, there's a difference between somebody who in their lost condition, unaware of, of God's plan for their life, or a Christian who's going to willfully walk in those ways, right? And I did not, as a believer, I didn't want to, I wanted to invite the favor of God into my life. Not the fear of God, not the judgment of God. There's a healthy fear of God. A healthy respect of what he said he will do. And so that's missing from a lot of people's Christian perspective. They have a very diluted and watered-down view of who God is. You're not going to live in wisdom if you, if you water down your image of the holiness and power of God. Again, we could say more about that. But it's really important. God's, God's number one goal for his children is not to make us healthy, wealthy, prosperous, and, and, and happy all the time. God's number one goal for our lives, as the, as the New Testament says, we are to be perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's God's work in us, is to make us more holy. So this Proverbs reminds us that, that yes, we live a grace-filled life, but it begins with a proper view of who God is. Now, there's another principle here. Um, that we don't have time to get to. So I'm just going to end it right there tonight. So there's plenty more material to cover. We're not in a rush. There's no reason to try to pack it all in. So grace-filled living, choices we make. We've got we've to 
we've got to understand that it's not natural, and we've got to understand who God is and watch him begin to change and transform our lives. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll go to our prayer time. Lord, I thank you so much for this time that we've had tonight. I pray that you'd open our hearts and minds to the truths you have for us in the book of Proverbs. Lord, help us to, uh, help us to follow you with our whole hearts. I pray for each uh, individual and family in our church, Lord, that your grace would be displayed in their lives. I pray that, uh, that you would give us the wisdom that you've promised us. Help us to see it. Help us to attain to wise counsel. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You could also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.